0: Hallelujah. 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 God is here in our midst. He's here. Can you feel it? I can't my heart is full of joy. I feel it. And he's here. Because we are together in his name, praising his name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Do you feel it? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, church. It's so good to have you here. It's so good to see your beautiful face. Let me put this so I can walk around. It's so good to see your beautiful faces, new faces. Can I, can I see new hands? Ooh, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us. Thank you all for being here with us. It's certainly good. We had such a good time yesterday on your baptism, you know, so I may see you the next one. Can you see my eyebrow? (laughs) I'm certainly glad you are here. And today we're featuring the prayer team. Yes. Yes. And let me tell you, prayer. It's like the foundation team, right? It's the foundation. It's been so cool to work. And we're going to have some awesome praise reports. But right now, I'm going to call Winter and Nicole, please. And they're going to explain a little bit more.
1: Yeah, so we're the prayer team and we're happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> um, basically, we're, we're starting afresh. We have a new initiative where we want to make prayer a central part of what we do here at Crossbridge. And um, what I like about this little duo that we have here is there's a different emphasis that we have. You know, I, I like to see personal healing and growth and breakthrough and uh, Nicole will tell you a little bit more about, you know, she has a more global uh, prayer um, initiative. But um, so what do we want to do? We want to broaden, deepen, flex our muscles a little bit. Um, there's different kinds of prayer that we want to go into. We want to learn you know, prayer about just being still and feeling God's presence, prayer through worship, um, praying scripture back to God. Um, you know, prayer languages. So there's going to be more and more to kind of see-as-you-go thing, as the Lord leads, right? Um, but that's that's the, uh, the foundation of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. So um, like Winter was saying, like prayer, it's, uh, and as Simone was saying, like prayer is the foundation of Um, a Christian life, like you can't live a Christian life without talking to the Lord, just like you couldn't live, you couldn't be married to somebody without talking to them. So like Winter said, it's very important that we learn how to pray for, um, like have an established personal time in prayer and then also learn how to pray for each other. Um, And then like he was saying, um, like some areas that I am really passionate about is also praying for communities and nations Um, For just for a little example slash teaser. Um, Like the other day, I was running through Brickle doing a prayer walk, prayer run, and um, I just started praying for the city, and I feel like I haven't really been able to connect with the city that well, so I decided to start running and praying through it. And just that day, I was sitting by the water, and I just made one comment to a woman, and she's like, oh, come sit next to me. And she shared her whole life story with me, and then um, I, like, invited her to come to Crossbridge. <laughs> so you never know what God will do as you start praying for communities and areas as well, but it, all, it first starts with personal time with the Lord. Um, so what this will look like right now, um, we're hoping to do, just start with a few things. So first, we want to start praying before the service. So at 4.30, you can come and join us um, and we'll pray for the service, for God to work through our service, and for the different ministries involved. And then we also hope to meet another time during the week, uh, whenever works best for people, to go over, um, like Winter was saying, different kinds of prayer, and to practice doing that. Um, and then hopefully, we're hoping later on that we can have some more um, in-person prayer initiatives, like prayer nights, um, or prayer and worship nights for people to come, and um, or like prayer during or after the service. So more to come, but if you want to get involved. Um.
1: So um, listen, there's no requirements for, for prayer. You don't need to be, you know, walking in the faith or you can be searching and seeking, you know, prayers for everybody. So that's the first thing. Um, be on the lookout for people who are like-minded, that want to pray. Direct them to us uh, in your small group. Talk to your small group leader. Uh, they can get you in contact with us. And um, that's really it. You know, anytime anyone wants prayer, you can always feel free to come up to me. And I'm sure Nicole's also available. So uh,
3: that's it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I, um, I do want to encourage you, you know, if you want to grow in your prayer life, you want to, you're looking for a team to join. Uh, it's as easy, as I said, as coming at 430 and uh, praying for the service, praying for God to work in your life and the lives of those that attend. And um, I do want to make mention of one thing, and that is uh, we have a connect card that you can go to via our app or the QR code in the back. And this is for everybody, not just those that are new or those that wanna get involved in a small group or to serve, but if you have a prayer request, you can always go on that Connect card each and every week and submit a prayer request. There's an option there to write out your prayer and the prayer team will get that, um, Nicole and Winter and the rest of those on the team. And they'll be praying for you all throughout the week. We've already seen uh, just this year some really incredible uh, answers to prayer and I'll share some of those more, that's another teaser. Uh, because I can't share it now. Um, but it's amazing to see God work in prayer, so I hope that you guys get connected with them. Um, for our time of offering, I wanted to kind of bring you into something that God's given us the opportunity to do. So if you've been with us for any amount of time at Crossbridge, you know that we are a part of the bridge movement. We we helped launch this a little over a year ago. It is uh, nine churches, uh, the five Crossbridge churches here in Miami, and then four Um, in Recife, Brazil, or three in Recife, Brazil, one in Sao Paulo, and actually three more on the way in Brazil. So we're going to grow to 12 here soon. And we work uh, hand in hand together uh, with them uh, to do work both here in Miami and also there. And we have an opportunity this year uh, to do something incredible in Recife, Brazil, and that is to help revitalize uh, a drug rehabilitation center. So we are working with Aponte, our, one of our, sis, our sister church in Hecife, part of the bridge movement, to build soccer fields, exercise fields, or exercise classroom, additional rooms, uh, and some other things on this facility. And this is geared solely towards uh, those that want to have victory and freedom in their drug addiction, but cannot afford uh, treatment, whether through a government option or another faith-based option. It's completely free. They live there, and it's uh, centered on the gospel, and we have already seen stories of those there coming to faith in Christ and and finding sobriety uh, and healing, and so each and every month, we're going to give you an update because we're helping to fund this through your generosity to help do this there, Uh, and it's amazing, and so this is already one month in of what's taking place. Let me show you the video.
4: Hello, Crossbridge! It's a huge pleasure to be here, giving feedback about what we are doing in our community. First of all, we want to thank God for all he's doing in our favor, but also we want to thank you for dreaming with us. As you know, we are here on the Recovery House for Drug Users, and we know how good it is to these people to spend their time working and having a productive free time. So we want to announce that we already started doing something
2: for their physical and mental health, a soccer field. We have a lot coming forward, and we wanted to thank you so much for helping us to chase this purpose and
4: caring about who really needs. We praise God for your church. God bless
3: you all. Amazing, right? That's what's so cool. Every time you give... Uh, You give not only to local ministry, uh, what's happening here in Miami, which we have some exciting updates coming in the next couple weeks, uh, but you're giving to what's happening around the world. Uh, God is using the generosity of his church, both his church in Brazil and his church here in Miami through Crossbridge and many other churches to impact people's lives, to bring transformation and healing from addictions, uh, from depression, from anxiety, from pain, Uh, and we're seeing people come to faith. In fact, already this year, uh, as you know, we've been praying to see over 100 people come to faith and be baptized, and I'm gonna give you a quick update on that at the end of the service, but we've already seen 21 people come to faith at Crossbridge this year. Amazing. See, God is moving. I'm telling you, this year, 2021, is gonna be incredible. God is doing incredible things, and I wanna thank each and every one of you that is partnering with us, with your time and your talent and your treasure. And I want to encourage you to continue, to continue to partner with us, to be generous. Uh, if the Lord leads you to do that, please uh, consider that even this evening. One of the ways that you can give is on our website, crossbridgefamily.com. Uh, you can also give via our app, or when you leave on your way out, you can either drop a physical offering in the box in the back, or there's a QR code uh, to scan. It'll pull up our giving link as well to give to the Brickle campus. So I want to pray for what God is going to do tonight through your generosity and also just thank God for what he's already doing uh, through the generosity of so many uh, for his name and his glory. And so will you pray with me? God, we are grateful to you that we get the privilege of being a part of your work, uh, your kingdom coming here to earth through your people, through your church. And so, God, we want to lift up everything given tonight Every amount of time or talent to serve or join a small group or get more plugged in and every, every cent that is given in treasure, that you would allow those in the leadership of this church to steward it well for your name and for your glory and nothing else, that it would bring transformation to people's lives. So we pray that you would multiply um, everything that is given so that we might get to celebrate Uh, in the joy of being a part of your work and your ministry. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So cool. I watch it all the time by myself just to get excited. Well, hey, tonight uh, is a special night. As I mentioned, the very beginning of our service, uh, this is episode two of our Lent series, The Prayer. And tonight we have the privilege to listen to God share his word through Martha Alvarez, one of my favorite preachers. And, uh, she will she will she will shake her head at that but it's true here's one of the things that we like to cultivate as a church see our our elders our session um, is always looking for people that have different gifts and our leadership our deacons we're always looking to identify gifts spiritual gifts that God has given people and help to cultivate them Um, and so we want to do that in your life and it's very evident in the life of Martha who is a lawyer and also leads uh Uh, BSF for all the women. She teaches for all the women here in South Florida. She has like one of the biggest churches uh, because of just that. If you consider it a church, she's teaching all the women in Miami, um, and she has a true gift of preaching, a spiritual gift of preaching, and our session has said that we want to uh, encourage her, and we want to uh, give her opportunity to share uh, with our blessing uh, God's Word because she has a very clear and evident gift in that, so I'm excited. Uh, and also I got to spend a little bit of time this week uh, just taking a breath. And so I'm a, I'm thankful for you coming here tonight, Martha. And will you welcome her as she comes on up?
4: Is it on? Good evening. It is really humbling to have Pastor Carter introduce me in that way because I am completely undeserving and unworthy but it is exciting and it is my privilege to be here with you tonight I just love our church aren't we blessed and I just love Brickle. I love to see all these young people compared to myself to come and worship the Lord but will you pray with me before we begin oh heavenly father what a joy what a delight that we can come before your presence And that we can know you, that you are the creator God of the universe, but that you are also personal in our lives and that you are imminent. And Father, that we can gather as your people and that we can worship you. And so Lord, I ask that you empty me of myself right now, that you fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit, that you will empower and anoint every word I say. May it be yours and not mine. And may you have something from this message for each of our hearts tailor-made. Father, will you just ignite a passion for you and a passion for your kingdom. And may together we be a force to be reckoned with for this city of Miami. And in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So let me begin by asking you. What is your motivation in life? What gets you up every single morning? And I don't mean your responsibilities of having to go to work, or taking care of children, or having to study. I mean, what drives your life? What is the driving force? What is your passion? Because that's exactly what's at the heart of this portion of the Lord's prayer that we are looking at tonight. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the prayer that changes, that transforms, and redeems the world. This is the prayer that changes us and transforms us. And so as we've been going through this Lenten series, I don't know about you, but I've been loving getting in my inbox all those emails with all the devotionals for Lent from our pastors. Carter, you were my favorite. (laughs) And so we know, because we've been going through this series, that when the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray, that this is the prayer that he gave them. So I want us to start by pausing and meditating on that. When the most influential spiritual leader that ever lived, that just happened to be God himself, was asked, what is the key to connecting with God? This is the prayer that he gave them. So this prayer is pretty significant, isn't it? But like Carter said last week, the problem for most of us is that it's too familiar. And so we say the words without thinking of the meaning or without it being a true petition of our hearts. And like Pastor Carter illustrated between his apartment in Brickell and his house in the Grove, I'm so glad you were able to move to this new home When you're so familiar with something, you don't even notice it, right? Well, I got to live out that illustration in my life a week and a half ago. My younger daughter is studying in New York City, getting her master's. She graduates in May, finally. I'll have a, uh, in my salary, I think I'm gonna get, you know, a raise, (laughs) because my husband is gonna get a raise. We won't be supporting her in the city anymore. But she called us, and it really wasn't a trip for pleasure. It was an emergency trip. She called us. Her boyfriend's father passed away suddenly from a massive heart attack. And so she called us, and she was devastated and heartbroken. And her dad and I prayed with her. But the next day, she texts me, and she says, Mom, I am really struggling in my faith. She goes, why? would God bring this heartache to this family? She said, would you come? Would you come to New York? I need you. And so, of course, I went, and our conversations about her struggles are for another time. But when I spent the very first night in her little studio apartment, you see, to let the light come in and have it look larger, the windows are from the ceiling to the floor, and I did not sleep A wink. All night long I heard the traffic and the horns of the cars and to make matters worse, my daughter happens to live across from a hospital. So all night long I heard the sirens of the ambulances and I even heard the paramedics talking. So in the morning I said to her, did you hear all that noise? And she said, Oh no, mom, what happened? What noise? <laughs> She's so familiar with it, she doesn't even hear it, even though it's that loud. So that's our goal for this series that we will hear the Lord's Prayer, not just as rote words, but in our hearts. That we will rediscover the beauty and the meaning of it, and that that will draw us closer. To God. So tonight, we're looking at what it means to pray, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray that, we're asking God for three things we're asking Him for kingdom power, His kingdom power in our lives and in the world. We're asking God for his kingdom purposes, that we can live out his kingdom purposes. And we're asking God for kingdom passion, that he will reignite a passion in our hearts for him and for his kingdom. So I'm going to begin by reading from Matthew, the Lord's Prayer this evening. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So power, God's kingdom power. But before I talk about God's kingdom power, we need to decide what is the kingdom of God? Well, the word for kingdom in the New Testament is the Greek word basileia, and it's the word used for king, and it's very simple. It means the rule and reign of the king, and our king is God. So God's kingdom is the rule and reign of God, and his territory I mean, it's the entire cosmos. He's a creator of all things. But we become kingdom citizens at the moment of our salvation, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. The question of the ages for every single one of us is, have you surrendered your heart and your life to the reign and rule of Jesus as your king. Because when we pray this prayer, it is a lordship petition. It is asking the Lord for his royal power to reign over every area of our lives your emotions, your thoughts, your plans, your commitments, everything. So, power in God's kingdom is very, very different than how the world defines power. For the world, power is about being on top. It's about getting your agenda across. It's about who has the most wealth, fame, political power, physical power, social media, who has the most followers, but you have to have likes. Because that is what makes you the greatest influencer so the model for the world for power is to build yourself up and so the world has no conception of the christian model which is to give yourself up to god because jesus said in order to find your life you have to lose your life for his sake And we always say that's upside-down, and it really is. Because think about it. Naturally speaking, without the Spirit, I want my kingdom. And you want your kingdom. You want your way. And power, the way the world defines it, is what we think brings us the kingdom. But when we pray, your kingdom come, what is that saying? It's saying, God, it is about you, your kingdom. You're at the center, not me. So this prayer is a prayer of humility and of dependence on God. Kingdom citizens have humility and dependence on God. And so when we pray this daily, it's a reminder that our pride and our self never is the way of the kingdom of God. That human power, physical strength, never, ever leads to the kingdom of God. Because if it did, Jesus would have done it that way. But that's not the way he did it. It wasn't physical power, and it wasn't political power. There's this great scene in John 18 where Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate and Pilate, according to the world's power, he had all the authority to free Jesus or to execute him. And he asks him point blank, are you the king of the Jews? And what does Jesus answer? My kingdom is not of this world, for if it were, my servants would be fighting, and I would not be present before you. See, Jesus is saying, Pilate, my kingdom is not accomplished through the world's power systems, because if it were, you wouldn't even be seeing me here today, buddy. Jesus, he did not fight. He emptied himself. He humbled himself to death on a cross. So, humility is a mark of kingdom citizens. Let me ask you, how often do you operate in your life in a power struggle dynamic, instead of in the kingdom dynamics of humility? What difference would that make in your relationships, in your employment, and in your life. Well, kingdom power, it equals to depend on God's power. So we're not powerless. It's just that it's only in His power that we can accomplish anything at all. Jonathan Edwards, which is one of the greatest preachers that's ever lived, he said this, And at first, I didn't like it very much, but it's true. He said, one of the worst things that God could do for us is to give us what we want without prayer. Because prayer fine-tunes our hearts to depend on God. Prayer fine-tunes your heart and mine to depend on God. See, if good things happen to us, and we didn't pray, we take the credit. That's how our hearts operate. We love to take the credit. If we're successful in our careers, if we're successful in ministry, if we're successful in anything at all, we think, I work harder. I put in longer hours. I'm just more talented. I'm just smarter than they are. But prayer, it deepens our humility and it allows us to experience God's goodness, the joy of knowing that everything in our lives is from His hand. Even our talents and our intellect, everything is from the grace of God. But we need to ask God for His power. So the power is there, And we need to ask him. God's word says you have not because you ask not. See, God's word doesn't say, I already know what you need, so don't bother asking. God's word says, I already know what you need, and I know a word before it rolls off your tongue, but ask. Because prayer is the way that God intervenes in our lives. Prayer unleashes the power of God in our lives. And the more we depend on God in prayer, the more you'll experience his mighty power. So where are you growing tired? Where are you just exhausted? Will you ask God for his power before you go to bed tonight? See, there's this story. It's a true story of Ethelfritz. He's this pagan Saxon king of Northumbria. It's a long time ago that became England. And he was going into battle against the Welch. And the Welch were a Christian nation. They were actually invading them. And so the night before the battle, this king goes on this tall mountain to oversee how the battle lines are drawn. And he sees this battalion of men. And he's puzzled. And he asks his general, who are those men? Because they didn't have any weapons. And the general said, oh, they're the monks. And they've come to pray. And so the king said, tomorrow, kill them first. Because he knew that prayer is powerful and it was dangerous to him. So it's been said that this pagan king has more faith in the power of prayer than many Christians today because we fail to ask God for his power. Well, his purposes, his kingdom purposes, what you believe about the future radically determines how you live in the present. It shapes the here and now. When I was in law school, I knew that If I did what I needed to do, I would get my degree, and I would be an attorney. And so that motivated my hard work. That made all those sleepless nights of endless studying worth it. That made that grueling bar exam for two days in Tampa worth it, because I knew what the future had. But the person that does not believe in God They don't believe in eternity. So their priorities and their purposes are so different than for the child of God because we know where history is headed. We know the end of the story. And so we live with eternal significance. Do you know that everything in your life matters? Do you know that everything in your life matters for eternity? And when Jesus walked the earth, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. So the kingdom is not fully here. It's partially here. And it will be fully here when Jesus returns and he sets all things right. But in the meantime, we're not just to live passively, waiting around. We are called and invited by God to participate in the expansion of the kingdom. It's this onward movement. And so when we pray, your kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, bring about your healing in all those places that are not right yet. We're saying, Lord, bring your healing in my life, in all those places that are still broken. We're saying, Lord, Bring your reign of justice and of peace and of grace and of love. We're saying, Lord, will you clean up the mess that we've made in this world? Lord, will you clean up the mess that I've made in my life that looks hopeless? The kingdom comes when the gospel is proclaimed and when grace is extended. And so your life proclaims God's saving grace. All of life is to be lived on mission for our King. All of life is worship. So there is no sacred, secular divide. This is what I do for God, and this is what I do for my work. So whatever you do, whether it's teaching or beautifying the world through parks, landscaping, art, music whether it's cutting someone's hair or selling makeup and bringing joy and beauty into their lives, what you do reflects the beauty and the grace of Jesus. But God also calls us to specific work in his church, in the communities, and in ministries He invites us to participate in his healing work in the world. Jesus, in one of his parables, said this, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers, you did for me. So when we pray your kingdom come, we're saying, Lord, use me in your healing work. Lord, give me a heart that cares about the needy, that cares about the broken, that cares about the lonely, that cares about injustice against our fellow man, that cares about the spiritually lost. So we need to ask ourselves, Where can I display the love of the gospel? Who in your life needs that love? How can I participate in God's healing work? Where in my community and in my church and in my city could God be calling me to? Now we listen to that and we think, oh my goodness, that's overwhelming. But this is the beauty of it. We each do our small part, and together we are, like I said in my prayer, a force to be reckoned with. And I started with power, because the power is not our own. That would be impossible. We'd be exhausted. It is God's power that is unleashed. It is in the power of the Holy Spirit that he energizes you and sends you out and does it to me. See, I had someone sadly say to me the other day, she didn't even know that I'd be talking about this, she says, we have to work for God. What are we, a commodity to him? And so I told her, no, we don't have to. We get the privilege. And it's not to enter the kingdom. It's not to sustain our citizenship. It's in response to his radical free grace and love. See, she missed the whole point. We are given a treasure, God himself. And that treasure transforms who we are so our lives reflect our Lord. Because at the cross, it's not just that Jesus did something for us, and he did, tremendous and monumentous. But it's also that something deep and profound happened in us. We were given a new life with new desires and new priorities and a new way of living. And now our heart longs for something else. And when we come under the lordship of Jesus, when we begin to live for God, we begin to heal. We begin to flourish and we begin to blossom because we were created for God with, for life with God. But when we serve ourselves and we say, I'm gonna be my kingdom and my only pursuit is gonna be my joy, my comfort, my pleasure and wealth, then we're gonna be unfulfilled, empty, and miserable because we may accomplish some goals. But then we got to keep accomplishing more and more to feel fulfilled. Because one way, the way of self, is sustained by self. And the way of God is sustained by God and his power. And Christianity, it's not an advice model. It's not just, here's some good advice, this is how you have to live, go do it. It's the good news. It's the gospel. It's how Jesus lived for us. And so now he empowers us and gives us eternal purpose. See, St. Augustine said, You cannot pray the kingdom come without also saying, Lord, let it come deeper in me first. Well, I love this story of Dr. Orr. He was a professor, he was for a season in Wheaton College, and he took some of his students to England to see some of the beautiful sights there. And one of the places they went to was the Epworth Refectory. And this was the home, temporary home, of John Wesley, one of the greatest reformers of the Christian church. And so the students went in, and they saw the living room, and they saw his study with his books, and then they went upstairs and they got to his bedroom and they noticed right beside the bed two worn spots in the carpet. This was the spot where this man knelt in prayer for hours before God, asking him to bring his kingdom to England, to the world, to the U.S., praying for a revival and seeing those worn spots in the carpet had a profound effect on these students, thinking of how God had answered that prayer and they were silent for a while. It was overwhelming. And so then the professor said, we got to go back to the bus. We need to go to the next place. And when he gets to the bus, one student is missing. So he goes in He's not in the living room, he's not in the study. He goes up to the second floor, to the bedroom, and there is this student, knelt in that carpet, with his knees in those same worn spots, saying, Lord, would you do it again? And would you do it again through me? And so the professor puts his hand on his shoulder, he says, let's go, son. And you know who stands up? Billy Graham did the lord do it again what would happen i wonder if we would kneel before god in prayer we would say lord do it again in our city and use us well the last one is kingdom passion and i saved this one for last because it is the foundation of everything that i've been talking about Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is the foundation of our very lives. Everything hinges on that. Because we cannot have a passion for the kingdom. We cannot live out kingdom purposes without first having a passion for God. So let me ask you, how deep in your heart do you know the Father's love for you? How deep in your heart do you know the Father's love for you? See, Pastor Felipe had asked this question. Whether we're still looking at God as a boss that rewards us for our good performance, or is he our Father that lavishes us with gifts and with his grace and who loves us unconditionally. Well, there's like a little test that we could do to our own hearts in our prayer lives because prayer deepens our love for God. And we can ask ourselves three questions. The very first one is a person who is looking at God as a boss has a very little prayer life. It's pretty non-existent. The second one is that when we do pray, we tend to not spend a lot of time in adoration, but the majority of the time in give me my daily bread. See, when you love someone, when you love the beauty of something, you want to express it, you want to tell them. My husband and I love to travel, and whenever we travel to a place that I think is beautiful, I tell him, I can't wait to come back, and I want to bring our daughters. I want them to experience this, and I come home and I tell them all about it. In fact, before the pandemic, we went to Italy, to Lake Como, and it was stunning, and I wanted to take my daughters last summer. Of course, we couldn't. But think about when you're first in love. You can't stop telling the person how beautiful they are and how much you love them. See, C.S. Lewis said this, that when you love the beauty of something, the praise of it completes the joy of it. And That means that your delight is incomplete until it's expressed. So you want to know God's love? You want to fall in love with God? One thing you can do is just spend time adoring him. Thinking of all the grace that he's given you in your life. How has God shown you his love? In your home, in in the fact that we're not lacking in our needs. The fact that we have a car, that we have health, that we can gather. Think about his forgiveness despite our sins. Just think and ponder on who God is and it will overwhelm you and it will just fill you with awe. And then the last test is that we tend to pray a lot when things are going bad in our lives. But when things are okay then we kind of just forget about God. Brother Lawrence, he was a monk who had this unbelievable relationship with God, he said this, in order to know God, we must often think of him. And when we come to love him, we shall then also think of him often for our heart will be with our treasure. See, he said that when you thought of God, you would realize that his presence was always with you that God is constantly with you. And the more you thought about him, the more you wanted to pray. And the more you prayed, the more you would fall in love with God. So how do we make this happen in our hearts? I mean, only God can do it, to know the Father's love. But we have to make this paradigm shift. Like I said, that Christianity isn't advice, it's the news, the good news, that Jesus lived a life perfect for you. And it's a realization that he loves you just as much now, no matter how messy and broken our lives are, that when we get to eternity and we are finally made glorious and sinless, he won't love us anymore, and he doesn't love us any less. Have you noticed that Jesus didn't simply say, obey me. He said, come, follow me. Think about what that means. To follow Jesus is to live life with him, to be intimate with him, to know him. And it's for him to know you intimately. Every flaw, every mistake, every thought that sometimes fills me with shame, and yet I am still so loved. And when you follow Jesus, where does he take you? He went to the cross and he takes you into the Father's loving arms. And then you can say, Your will be done because Jesus is the King who loves you and you are safe and you can trust him. And so John Wesley said this prayer He said, I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will, place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you, praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now a oh, wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer and sustainer, You are mine, and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. So let me finish with this very quickly. So 30 years ago, the Lord called me to faith in him. And I was pregnant, expecting my first daughter. My husband had a heart condition, that was life and death, there was nothing anyone could do. So I thought I was going to be a widow in my 20s. And through God's power, which is another story, a miracle happened. And the Lord saved my husband's life. But I gave him my life. And he immediately began to call me to work for him and to have me teach studies and to have me know his word. But you know what happened in the process? the gospel became muddy in my heart. And after a few years, it was like I was working to keep his love. I was working to be accepted. And one day, the penny dropped. And I realized that I was loved. And I didn't need to do anything to keep God's love. And so what I did, it was this shift in my life and the work that he called me was no longer work, it was joy, because he set me free. So I pray that he does that for you and that together we can pray, Lord, would you do it again in Miami, and would you use us? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for your son that comes in and changes our lives and changes our hearts We thank you that your kingdom begins in us first and does a work of healing in our hearts and of repairing the broken places. So, Father, may we come boldly before you with confidence that we are your child and may we ask for your power in every area of our lives that needs a healing touch from you. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
3: I told you, told you she's one of my favorite preachers. That was a word. Thank you, Martha. You prayed at the very beginning that um, God would anoint every one of your words, and I think that we all experienced that uh, tonight. So thank you for being faithful in preparation, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you and sharing uh, tonight with passion because the kingdom is very real in your life, and we know that. We've seen that in your life, so thank you for that. Uh, I want to invite us to pull out the elements If you received it when you came in, Uh, if you weren't able to, we have some in the back. You can go down the side aisles and grab one if you would like. You know, Jesus, as Martha shared when he was before Pilate, he had every opportunity to either use uh, the power of his divinity to break free from those chains and that torture and death that would become him. He had every opportunity to explain himself, but yet he claims that he's a king and his kingdom is not of this world, and then he is actually silent before his accusers. Jesus also, when he's in the garden, Peter is operating under the assumption that power is like the world. It's through force, and he pulls out his sword, and he cuts off the ear of the soldier. Jesus says, that's not how we do things. He heals the man's ear and tells him to put away the sword. Because power is through giving your life away for the sake of another. Jesus tells us actually to live that life as we follow him. And we come to the table every week and we're reminded of of the kingdom of God. We're reminded of God's power. That Jesus, for the sake of us, to be citizens in his kingdom, laid aside his divine power and allowed himself... Be humiliated and tortured, killed, deemed powerless, until three days later he came forth alive from that grave, resurrected in true power. You see, as we take of these elements, we remember Jesus's body, which was broken, and his blood, which was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins, our shame, and our guilt. And we are also reminded, because this table is a means of grace, that though We struggle with sin and brokenness and shame and guilt and Jesus has paid for it and we are forgiven from it. But the death of Christ also reminds us of the life of Christ, that we are a part of his kingdom, we're invited into his purposes and that we can live free and alive with joy and we can actually find joy even in the midst of our pain. So I want to invite you as you come to the table tonight if you believe in Jesus that you would consider those things in your life where you feel Powerless, that are hopeless, where the, the kingdom of God is very clearly not operating because there is brokenness. Something needs to be made new, that you would come to the table tonight knowing that your king loves you, that he is here for you, he walks alongside of you, and that God's power is present for you as you come to him in prayer and as we come to this table because he is here with us. So will you pull back the top layer of the elements and take out the wafer. Listen to the words that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11. He says that the Lord Jesus gave him this, and he says that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Will you partake with me? Then after supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup. You do it in remembrance of me. And as often as you do it, you proclaim my power, my kingdom, my death. Will you partake with me? Let's pray, church. God, we thank you for a sobering reminder of what you have done for us, the breaking of your body, the shedding of your blood for our sin and our shame, now forgiven through faith, through your power made known in our hearts. We thank you that you have invited us into your kingdom purposes, that you are cultivating kingdom passion within us. I pray that that would be fresh tonight in us. That we would experience your grace and your joy and your peace and your strength as we partake of this meal. To go out this week looking for small opportunities to be your hands and your feet in this city, in our workplace, with our friends and our family. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you close as we, or stand as we close in worship? I've been considering something this week is that God oftentimes invites us to do things physically to to signal what he's doing in our heart. We just celebrated baptisms this Saturday as a sign and a symbol of what God has done internally in someone's heart. We take communion every week as a sign and a symbol, as a means of grace to us that we believe that Jesus broke his body and shed his blood and we taste that and we drink And sometimes God invites us to do other things, to raise our hands, to open our hands, to sing to Him. He activates all of our senses in response to Him as worship. And tonight I want to ask you that if you're praying that God's kingdom power would come into your heart, would invade your heart to give you passion, to help activate you in the kingdom purposes, in your work or in relationships or in this city, Or if you're here tonight and you're saying, I just want to experience God as Father. I've never really known God that way. I want to experience that change of my heart. Receive the grace of God through faith in Jesus. I'm going to pray for us and I want to invite you to either open your hands or raise your hands as a a symbol, as a sign of what God is doing internally in you. Saying, God, I'm I'm not ashamed to raise my hand and open my hand. You're doing amazing things in me. So whether it's for the first time coming before God or many times, I want to pray this over you, church. Will you pray with me? Would you respond if God is moving in your heart? God, pour your power into our heart, into our lives. Spirit, break out in our lives. Bring heaven down. Give us a vision for how we can be a part of your kingdom purposes in small ways. In our work and relationships in the city. Give us conviction for how we may need to prioritize and rearrange our lives to come before you in prayer each and every day. Change our mind, change our heart now. And God, I pray for anyone here tonight for the first time surrendering their life to you, believing in you, Jesus, in your death and your resurrection, that you would invade their heart with power, that they would just pray to you, God, I love you, I believe in you, Jesus, I claim you as my king. Transform me. God, we claim your power because we know it's real and we know you respond through prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name. We close and we sing this together, church. Amen. Can we give God praise? Man. I don't know about you, but I'm energized. Tonight was a great night. A great night. So glad to be here with each of you. I want to just share with you a few exciting things coming up. One thing is that this past Saturday, we were able to celebrate, I think it was 14 people baptized. And here's a little picture. Amazing. Amazing. We have four beach baptisms planned this year. And so if you are considering baptism, if you've been praying about it uh, and you would like to speak with me, come speak with me after. It'd be an honor to talk about that. Maybe you prayed tonight that prayer of faith for the first time. Come speak to me. I'd love to talk with you. It would be an honor to talk with you about starting that journey with Jesus and, and what baptism may look like. Also, uh, coming up in two weeks, we have six new members joining the, the, the team here, the family at Crossbridge Brickle. They've gone through, amen. Yeah. They've gone through our membership class, which uh, is actually available on our app via videos you watch in your own time. And then after, we will gather everybody for a dinner where you can ask any questions about the church. Uh, They just had interviews today, and in two weeks, they're going to be brought before you as new members here in the church. An amazing group of people that God is bringing uh, to commit to this family here. Um, Lastly, is that this coming Tuesday night is the very first ever Team Night. It's going to be right here at 7 p.m. Yes. So Team Night is going to be here, 7 p.m., we're going to have some worship. Uh, I'm going to do some training. Uh, I haven't really decided yet where I'm going to go with it, but it's going to be different than a sermon. It's going to be interactive. Uh, it's going to be challenging. We're going to go deep, and we're going to think about things that can apply to your life uh, and also kind of di- dive into God's Word uh, together. And so, we'd love to have you be a part of that 7 p.m. right here. And then we're going to break out in teams for all those serve opportunities prayer team, foundation team, care team, city serve team. So, maybe you've been coming, you're like, I want to serve, but I have no idea where. Come to team night on Tuesday night because you get to learn about all the different teams and opportunities. And it's just going to be a great time. So, hope you can come. And if you're wondering, 7 p.m., Bring your Just bring your dinner. We'll have some light snacks and drinks and refreshments. But bring your dinner. It's not going to be enough to sustain you. So pick something up. A whole pizza if you want. Bring it in and uh, come hang out this Tuesday in two days. It's going to be awesome. Um, lastly, love for you guys to stay around after outside. We have some, some wine and some drinks to hang out and get to know one another. Don't just jet out. Meet somebody new. Uh, you are welcome here. Uh, you can belong here before you believe. I love to say that because it's true. Uh, You belong to this community, and I want to leave you with this benediction. This is Jesus' word to us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says this, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Pray this over you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hope to see you in the back.